This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR. R-A-Z-O-R. Hello, hockey fans. I'm Paul Bruno here with Andrew Fiorentino, and we are the Great Ones. Today is April 12th, 28th, 2016, and as promised, we are back for our second round preview show. Andrew, I don't want to go into depth on the first round, but I want to say that if I was betting a lot of money on my picks, I wouldn't be too happy today with all the upsets that took place. But uh, I hope you did a little bit better, but uh, you must have been surprised by a few of these series as well. Yeah, I'm sure you uh, you don't want to go into your picks for the first round, huh? <laughs> yeah, just gloss that right over. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, certainly some unexpected outcomes. Um, I saw the, the Blackhawks prevailing over the Blues. Didn't work out like that. How about the King, uh, Kings and Sharks? Who'd you have there? You know, I don't think I had a strong feeling about one team or another there. Uh, the Kings were not that great during the regular season. You had to give them some extra points for uh, for their playoff history. Right. But uh, yeah, the Sharks are a good team. Uh, Brent Burns is on another level these days. Uh, Joe Thornton is still very strong. Martin Jones uh, clearly had a lot to prove to his old team. Uh, well, well, the let's... the one that really shocked me, I think, uh, is the the Predators beating the Ducks. I yeah. really didn't see that coming. I saw the Ducks going all the way, and uh, as it turned out, not so much. You know what? This this first round messed up a lot of brackets. Almost everybody that I've been talking to is is crying the blues over over it. Pardon the pun. St. Louis is still alive. But uh, why don't we go through the eight series and uh, talk about the things that caught our eye each in each of those rounds, Andrew? Let's begin with the Islanders over Florida in six games. This uh, this looks like it's John Tavares coming out party in the playoffs so far. Yeah, you know, Tavares is uh, one of the stars of the league, but he doesn't really get that kind of credit uh, necessarily. Uh, he doesn't get put into that Crosby talk, that Ovechkin talk. But he is, uh, if not not quite in that bracket, at least uh, only one step below it. 
And uh, this is uh, becoming his signature playoffs, if he can keep going. And the big news, of course, behind uh, Tavares in goal, Thomas Grice emerged as a a real sharp goaltending pick by the Islanders who are without uh, Yaroslav Halak. I understand he's skating and and, uh, almost healthy enough to get back in there, but there's no way they're making that change in series number two. And meanwhile, Florida... Uh, Jeremy Jagger has already announced that he wants to come back for another season. I'm thrilled about that news, but uh, I didn't see this coming. I thought that the Panthers had had it all over the Islanders. And uh, full value to New York, though. They take the, the mantle of the Cinderella team going forward in these playoffs. And they already got the first leg up on the Islanders. I mean, on the Lightning in the second round, swiping home ice with an opening opening game win. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little I told you so on this one because you thought the, the Islanders had no chance to get past the Panthers. No, You were giving them no shot. I said, look, Grice has been pretty good. Uh, the Islanders have a deep team. Uh, they are, they were able to outlast the Panthers. And, uh, you know, Roberto Luongo had an inconsistent season. He had an inconsistent playoffs. Yeah, I know you haven't been uh, high on Luongo all year long, uh, poo-pooing the fact that some uh, in some quarters he rates higher than uh, your guy Lundqvist in, in terms of their historical record. But you made a strong case at the beginning of the season and nothing that I saw in the first round of the playoffs helped Luongo's cause. What about the uh, caps over the Flyers? This one lasted a little bit longer than I thought it would. I was going according to Hoyle with the first three games, but then the Flyers uh, rose up a little bit and started, uh, started causing uh, Capitals fans a little bit of worry before they put them away in game six. Yeah, what really happened was that they they put Michael Neuvert in that, and he put the team on his back for really for three games uh, for the two wins that they picked up, and then for the final game, uh, he just couldn't couldn't quite do enough. Uh, you know, only allowed one goal as they took that series-ending loss to the Capitals. But you know, you had to know it was coming. Uh, the Flyers fans can can hang their hats on that. It was a a more interesting run than it looked like it was going to be coming in. And Andrew, in keeping with the theme from the previous series, it was yet another backup. You mentioned Neuwirth coming up large. And you wonder, in some of these now two-headed monsters in the offseason ahead of a possible expansion situation a year down the road, what's going to happen in some of these cities? But uh, it just adds to the more intrigue in the offseason and more things for us to talk about when uh, the playoffs are winding down. There's a lot of storylines that are emerging. We're going to get into one later in the show this week uh, to tease that uh, coming up this weekend. But... Uh, Surprising stories from the backups all over the league. And uh, another one that really shocked me, I'll get into this a little bit later in the show in detail, but your observations of the Rangers going down to the hands of the Penguins. I was surprised when Marc-Andre Fleury was out for the Penguins. I thought the Rangers with Lundqvist had a huge edge in goal. It didn't translate over the rest of the ice, and uh, Penguins were full value for a quick victory. Yeah, you know, as someone who's watched a lot of Rangers hockey, of course, I uh, I wasn't optimistic going into these playoffs. I, I saw the the team was banged up. Dan Girardi was playing through a concussion. Ryan McDonough threw a broken hand. Mark Stahl threw some some sort of injury of his own. And the real problem for the Rangers, I think, and it's something we'll get into a little later, is the the lack of premier scoring up front. Uh, in, in combination with a lack of depth uh, behind, they just didn't look like a great team at at any point this year, except for when they were went on that. Nice little run in uh, October and November. They they weren't that great of a team. They were very inconsistent. Uh, their sort of uh, performance level, not uh, effort level, that's the word I'm looking for, right. was lacking in uh, in a lot of situations this year. And I think we saw that in the, against Pittsburgh where the Rangers just looked lifeless for, for periods of time in the series, and that's just not playoff hockey. I was surprised, but based on their recent 
playoff success, I thought that they would give a better effort, and and really that was lacking. To your point, I think well well made. Uh, over in the Western Conference, more surprises, and one right off the top finished up last night. The Predators over the Ducks. This marks the fourth straight Anaheim Game Seven loss on home ice. <laughs> There's got to be some changes uh, in Anaheim. We'll talk a little more in detail about that as well. But your your initial impression of the Preds winning this series, uh, certainly they got a, a great deal of uh, work out of their top defense pairing, which is, I think, the best defense pairing in hockey with uh, Weber and Yossi. And uh, they rode that and some great goaltending by Pekka Rinne, who wiped out the memory of an ordinary regular season by turning it up and, uh, when it counts the most. Yeah, you look at those four wins for the Predators. Rinny didn't allow more than two goals in any of them, and uh, only one goal in the final two as they as they took it down and flipped the script on the Ducks, who, uh, you know, the Ducks uh, right now, I think, are, are still looking for an identity uh, in goal, especially. They, you know, they went to Gibson. He was, uh, str- he, you know, he had his struggles. They lost games. They went to Anderson. He did well, and then he didn't do so well. And, and there's just kind of a... They're they're looking for an answer there in the long term still in Anaheim, and uh, I I don't think that they need to make major changes. I think they just need to really settle on a, a franchise goalie, and uh, maybe make some additions uh, on the blue line. Well, uh, the other California-based series saw the Kings crumble at the hands of the Sharks, a team that they've vanquished regularly in the past, <laughs> and that only took five games. To me, this was the shocker of the first round. The fact that Sharks took the Kings out was one thing, but the thing the way, the way they did it so quickly was, to me, the surprising element, most surprising of the first round. And if this is to be the last hurrah for, for Messrs. Marlowe and Thornton, I wish them good luck going forward because it's going to be a heck of a story. I mean, you have to like the Sharks uh, in this series coming up against Nashville, I think. Uh, all of a sudden, the Sharks look like they can make a deep playoff run. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll preview the second round once we get th- these last three two series. The the other series that went according to Hoyle for me in the first round, the Dallas Stars over the Minnesota Wild in six games. Again, this started out looking like it was going to be a clean sweep for the Dallas team, but Minnesota responded on home ice where they've been very tough out most times. And in the end, it was a nip and tuck, but Dallas has more talent than Minnesota. And that's uh, that edge was very apparent when you look back at this series, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of close games. Uh, the Wild played them a lot tighter than you would have thought coming in. But, uh, you know, at least the Stars won. Uh, something that we thought was going to happen happened. All is right with the world. <laughs> and in the final series of the first round, another uh, thing that was uh, tinged with drama was the St. Louis Blues finally overcoming the Chicago Blackhawks in seven fantastic games. This was a really, really tight series. And uh, again, I want to look around and see if I can find anybody that had the Sharks and the Blues winning the series over two of the perennial cup uh, contenders, Los Angeles and Chicago. I haven't found anybody yet that has been honest enough to say that they had those those <laughs> upsets. And I don't think I'm going to find one anytime soon. But St. Louis is full value for this series when they went with one goalie the whole time, which I'll, I found also a little bit surprising. Brian Elliott took every uh, every key minute for St. Louis in this series. Yeah, and they played all close games. Uh, every game except for one, decided by one goal. And, uh, you know, they, if, if the Blackhawks were going to get bumped in any kind of a playoff series, I think this is exactly the kind of series where it goes deep and they just get edged out right at the last game there. And that's, a, that's an awful tough one for Patrick Kane and company, but they can at least go home and kiss their rings. Yeah, for sure. And you have to say this is one time when uh, Kane, Taves, and company really didn't deliver offensively, and that, that in the end cost them. Uh, surprising to 
for me to say that because based on the history that all these guys have enjoyed with the, the three cup wins of the post salary cap era. Now, Andrew, we got a chance to look ahead at four series. Uh, it's down to eight teams and not one of them has won uh, too many cups other than the Islanders in their history. So it's going to be a new kid on the block. The Penguins have had a few as well. But uh, beyond that, uh, you're looking at one cup winner or no cups for some of these teams. And that's going to be a refreshing aspect of the second round and the rest of the playoffs, in my opinion. And I hope t uh, fans get into it because uh, the new sometimes when there's new faces, it, it brings a bit of a new energy to the whole circumstance. But last night we saw game one of Tampa and the Islanders. And right away, the Islanders took away home ice in that series. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, the Lightning stormed back at the end there, but couldn't quite catch up. Uh, Islanders able to hold on for a 5-3 win. Uh, you know, I think this series is going to go deep. I don't think it's going to end quickly. I, I think it's probably a six or seven game series. And, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time picking against the Lightning, but I think I'm going to. I think I like the Islanders now. Uh, maybe I'm just uh, transferring my homerism or something. <laughs> uh, well, I'll take the other side of that coin and, and hope that... Uh, Brian Bishop rebounds from a, a pretty ordinary start in Game 1 that really tipped the scales in the Islanders' favor. And he, uh, in his play, brief playoff history, has done that very thing. He's responded every time he's been yanked in, in previous years and previous series to come back with a stellar effort or two to, to right the ship in Tampa. And this is a team that needs to be motivated by the fact that this group is going to be looking a little bit different if they don't get it right. And they have a chance to, to grow something pretty special here on uh, if they keep it intact. Uh, Jonathan Drouin has to come up big. They're going to miss Steven Stamkos. He started skating, but there's no way that, that he's, he's going to be playing anytime soon. So uh, the lesser lights in Tampa have to come to the fore. They've got a, a deep lineup, and I think that's going to hopefully give them the edge in this series, And if my call is to be correct. But the signature series of all of them in this round is the next one we're going to talk about. That's the Caps and the Penguins. Messrs. Crosby and Ovechkin meet up again. Interesting in the regular season, Andrew, I noted that uh, the road team won each of the five games. So uh, this is one that, that where the form chart goes out the window, I think. that it, It's a massive rivalry, and I think this is another one that's going to go deep, to use your parlance. Yeah, I do think that this one is going to go deep, uh, but I don't think that anyone from the Eastern Conference is knocking off the Capitals. I do think that they're going to beat the Penguins, and they'll beat whoever comes out of the other series as well. And, and you know, you mentioned the, the Crosby-Ovechkin matchup. Uh, well, you know what? Let's let's come back to that later. Go on. go on. Okay, we got the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues. These are expansion cousins because people might not remember that Dallas moved from Minnesota. They're both the part of the original expansion in 1967, and neither team has enjoyed a heck of a lot of success in the playoffs. The Stars have the only Stanley Cup win between the two clubs. And uh, somebody's going to advance to the to the conference final out of this these two teams. It's going to be another close series. I, I love the depth of the St. Louis Blues. I'm a little concerned about the fact that the Stars are more of a run-and-gun team and not paying attention to defense. So I'm going to lean in, in favor of the Blues in this series, uh, picking them as a bit of an upset uh, against a team that's going to have home ice advantage against them. You know what? I, I'm, I'm with you. The one thing that troubles me about the Blues is that they just came off this extremely intense series against the Blackhawks, you know, the Stanley Cup champions, seven games, just edged it out. Uh, you know, after all that, you have to feel like you just won the Stanley Cup, but then you have to go out and play more games. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's what some of the players have already said about the first round, and it's players from teams that haven't gone deep. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react. And uh, and uh, 
that's going to be quite a storyline the rest of the way, I think. Final series to preview, the Sharks against the Predators. These are two teams that I didn't expect to be here, but one of them is going to advance. And, and I like the depth in, in both situations here. I like the goaltending in both situations. If I have to give a bit of an edge, I'm going to go Nashville in this case because I think so much of that defense, top defensive pairing and the fact that this team can really grind with anybody and if Pe Pecorini can elevate his game the way he's done so far, that might be the thing that tips things in their favor at the end of the day. Uh, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not giving the Predators a shot here. I'm, I'm okay. against you on this one. Okay. I think the Sharks are going are gonna to plow through them. I don't think, even think it's going to be a terribly long series. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, what's, the, what's the thing that's going to give them the edge in your opinion? I think the the Sharks are just a lot stronger up front there. They have much more scoring ability, and Rinny had too much inconsistency this year. Sure, he played well at times to beat the Ducks, but there were also duds that he threw down against the Ducks. You know, he gave, uh, there was a five goal game, four goal game. Uh, he wasn't a, you know wholly incredible in that series, and I think that you're, you're coming up against another team that has a ton of firepower, uh, as Anaheim did, but uh, unfortunately that didn't work out for them. The Preds just played this seven-game series, so again, they're in that similar situation of beating a team that had to be considered a, a heavy favorite coming in. And uh, the Sharks are fresh. They had a five-game series. They, they got a chance to rest their veterans. I like them a lot in this series. Beautiful. So we agree on two, we disagree on two. That's going to be something where somebody rides the other guy the next time we do this. You had we're, your... gonna, we're just going to both be wrong two times. And <laughs> it's going to It's going to be a wash. Okay. <laughs> well, Andrew, uh, we're very proud to be employed uh, in, by Rotowire. You full-time, me in part. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the good folks who are listening a little bit about our company. Well, as you guys know, I don't think Rotowire needs any introduction to the fantasy sports fans, uh, you all know our news and analysis uh, industry leading, if you will. Uh, you can go to down to rotowire.com slash pod, get a free 10-day trial to Rotowire. Check out our fantasy updates, uh, write them after every game, every piece of breaking news. Uh, check out our articles, uh, baseball season in full swing, rotowire.com slash pod. And Andrew, we got some big news here in Toronto happening. Uh, the draft lottery is coming up, and it's being, being hosted at CBC Studios in downtown Toronto. And the fans of Canada are waiting anxiously because all of the Canadian teams have a horse in this race. Of course, there are descending odds that favor some teams more than others, and the Leafs are right at the top of that list. On the virtue of, based on the virtue of finishing last in the NHL standings, they have a 20% chance of winning first round the first round first overall pick and uh, there are three separate lotteries going to take place to decide the first three the order of the first three drafts so it's going to be very interesting to see how this all turns out and uh, I'm hoping against hope that they don't lose all three options here in Toronto as an, an avid Leaf fan but the Edmonton Oilers have the second best chance and I think there's going to be outrage if they win this lottery well the one good thing I think is that although you know, you can say that Austin Matthews is certainly the best player coming out in this draft. Uh, he's the, the no-doubt number one pick. When you go down through the guys who look like they're going to be selected from the, you know, that two through eight, there's a lot of talent there. There's a really great, you know, even franchise-changing talent there. When you talk about Patrick Lane, when you talk about Matt, Matt Chichuk, when you talk about Alex Nylander, Jacob Chikron, there's a lot of great talent in this draft. So the the Leafs don't have to hang their hats on getting the first pick. Uh, it would be nice. Uh, they could they could use you know the help as an organization, but it's not 
uh, mandatory. And you know what, Andrew? No matter how this lottery turns out, the result will trigger a whole lot of trade speculation and multiple analy analyses where, uh, for where these top prospects, prospects go. But one thing, one piece of intrigue, and I just saw this interview again most recently, so it sparked my curiosity. In Arizona, they desperately need a signature player. And what a perfect fit for the Scottsdale-born Austin Matthews to wind up there. You wonder how much this team would be willing to pay. And I outlined one scenario, again, involving the Leafs and the, the uh, team from Arizona and what might transpire. If the Leafs win the lottery, I could see them asking a King's, King's ransom of the Coyotes that would include some of the following pieces. And I want to get your reaction. And some parameters will change vis-a-vis -vis other teams that, that might enter in, into a conversation should they win the lottery. But what about if the Leafs ask Arizona for their first pick from last year is Dylan Strom. He's best buds with Mitch Marner. And they, ju they just faced off in the third round of the OHL playoffs. And Marner's London Knights defeated the Erie Otters four straight. But these guys are both top, top prospects who are playing in the OHL. And the fact that they're best friends, they've had a lifelong chemistry as teammates in younger levels. You wonder if that's a piece of the equation. And then maybe flipping draft picks, the Leafs give them their first pick and the Leafs might get the fourth or fifth. And like you said, it's a deep draft. Then with that second pick, the Leafs could even pick a guy like Alex Nylander, whose brother William is already there. So there's a tremendous amount of, uh, of synchronicity that's possible if the Leafs get that first pick and, and Arizona bellies up to the bar and, and offers up some trade talk uh, possibilities. I think that the, what you're proposing is a, a very legitimate deal that, that I think both teams could end up winning from. Uh, you know, you see the, the Leafs gaining a little bit of uh, extra forward depth there. And while the Arizona, bring, as you say, brings the hometown boy in uh, back from Switzerland <laughs> to, uh, to conquer the desert. Well, and, and it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to be glued to the set at 7 o'clock on Saturday night to see what happens. And then you can bet that there's going to be all kinds of podcasts, and, and we'll be one of them, to talk about the, out, the outcome of, of such a, a draft and, and start projecting where these guys are going to show up. It's going to be quite a nice backdrop to what's going to be an interesting second round of the playoffs. Now, I tell you, I, I have no love for these lottery shows. I never watch them. Maybe it's because the Rangers are never involved. I don't know. <laughs> it might uh, be a big factor. But I, 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 you know, just tell me the results after it's over. Uh, I don't need to watch you pick ping pong balls. Well, I, I think the future of a couple of franchises hangs in the balance in these things, and that's going to cause some intrigue. Absolutely. Uh, as you guys may have heard, FanDuel.com can play one-day fantasy sports, win real money. Building a team's easy. Just pick your players, stand to the salary cap, and sit back and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play, and at any time, with uh, baseball games going on every single day these days. <laughs> if you think you know fantasy, come prove it at FanDuel.com. Join over 1 million other users who've already won. It's never too late to join. Go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, our code, our code RWPOD, <laughs> and sign up now. Special offer for new users. You got a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. Just sign up with our promo code RWPOD. You get over $60 in value in return for that $25 deposit. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. Paul? And uh, let's swing into the stud of the week. We still want to keep that going in our podcast. So I'm going to turn to a guy who is a, a late-season addition to the Islanders, and uh, he's made a name for himself early on in these playoffs. That's Shane Prince. Is he this year's 
immediate playoff hero, Andrew, I wonder. He's a he's a player type that seems to emerge every single playoff season. Three goals in the first seven games so far, including a deuce against the uh, the uh, Tampa Lightning in game one of the second round. I don't think he was drafted in too many playoff pools this year. Do you just wonder how high and how far this guy can go? You like this team to go another round. So if they do, he's going to pick up some more points. And uh, I think it's great when names like this show up on the, on the scoring sheet in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Prince is going to be involved. I don't think he's going to be the, the driving force behind the Islanders offense. If he is, uh, you're, they're going to have a, a pro- big problem trying to trying to get through the second round here. But you know, uh, Prince is a funny story because I remember when the you know the, the Islanders picked him up uh, around the the deadline, and everyone was like, well, "This this fucking guy?" Oh wait, I'm not. Well, well, Oops, you can edit that. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he said he's come out, and those two goals. Uh, I don't think I think if he doesn't score another goal for the rest of the playoffs. Those two goals will still loom large uh, in this run for the Islanders. Yeah, and a team that will go far will get contributions from all over their roster. And you've already said he's receded for for more than was what it was expected from him. So uh, to me, is a great story so far in these playoffs. I wonder if we'll see others. Now, for the rant of the week, I'm going to have to tickle you a little bit because uh, I'm going to lament the disappointing performance of the New York Rangers and the Anaheim Ducks. I was shocked. I said by the upsets of Chicago and L.A., but let's spend a moment or two talking about your Rangers and the Ducks. I see sweeping changes ahead in Anaheim because you just can't have what I alluded to earlier, four consecutive Game 7 home ice losses and not make significant changes. But I want you you to address what you think, if anything, needs to be done in New York. They're a team that has had an abundance of recent playoff success but I'm I'm uh, sure you're sting, singing from the fact they're out after the first round. Well, so here's the thing about the Rangers. And if you look at the, the remaining bracket here in these playoffs, it tells you everything you need to know about the Rangers. Because who's the Rangers' signature player? Who's their star? Henrik Lundqvist, the right, goalie. Right. Look at the, the Dallas Stars, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, the Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko, Nashville, Ryan Johansson, the, the Sharks, uh, Joe Thornton and Brent Burns. The Capitals, uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom. The the Penguins, uh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, the, the Islanders, Tavares. The, the Bolts, even without Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov has been spectacular, uh, butting into a superstar. The Rangers do not have a star player, and you're not going to win without one in this league. And so do you think that they have to find a way to get rid of guys that take up a lot of salary and aren't delivering the goods? It's going to be a tough sell, and it could be a long time if, if they don't uh, find a way to get rid of some of those players, like a Rick Nash yeah. perhaps. There are three, there's three guys that the Rangers need to get rid of that I think are going to be addition by subtraction, and they're Rick Nash, Dan Girardi, and Mark Stahl. I thought that both Girardi and Stahl got signed to moronic contracts the day they signed them, not just now in retrospect. But when they signed those contracts, I said, I cannot believe that they're paying Dan Girardi this much money. Well, and He I, is a good defensive defenseman. And you said it right there. You don't spend that kind of money on defensive defensemen, and they did it twice. And I think that's got kind of bit them in the backside a little bit. And it, it's a horrible way to try to play. You have yeah. the, the name of the game is scoring goals. Right, right. Prevention is a part of it, but you don't budget that much money in that regard so Andrew that was uh, that was your 
your most my rant of the week. heartfelt rant of the year, I'll say for you. Uh, I normally handle that this part, but I was glad that you you got a chance to spew spew some empty your spleen, let's say in this in this <laughs> circumstance. And I hope uh, it makes you feel better about tuning into the rest of the postseason that will involve involve neither one of our favorite teams for sure. But I'm just gonna go back to watching the Mets. Uh, <laughs> they're hitting a lot of home runs lately. That's pretty good. Well, and we have a lot of baseball pod podcasts that cover that sport too, but. Uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting way to end the, another episode of The Great Ones, Rotowire's Fantasy Hockey Podcast. So for Andrew Fiorentino, I'm Paul Bruno, thanking you for giving us a listen and inviting you to come back and catch the next episode of our show on the eve of round three of these playoffs. Enjoy them, and so long, everybody. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.